Welcome to Recess Now, 5-Minute Bit. I'm Ralph Seymour, Physician Assistant in Emergency Medicine and Critical Care. Today we're going to be talking about the complication of central lines, avoiding these complications, and mostly the inadvertent arterial placement, which I feel like is the most important complication of central line placement. Now, if you're a resident or a doctor or a mid-level provider that places central lines either on a daily or weekly basis, I think you might benefit from being very meticulous in every step you take in placing central lines. And what I mean by that is don't let anybody push you into going too fast. Okay, because slow is smooth and smooth is fast. And I really believe that taking every step the same way each and every time you place a central line will benefit your patient. So that's number one. Number two, use ultrasound when placing these lines. And I mean even the subclavian line. I have started using ultrasound placing uh, subclavians and I've, I've realized how much easier and how much better it is for the patient. It's very safe and I think that it should be be the standard of care if it's not already. So using ultrasound, if you're not good at ultrasound, get good because I believe that it is the unequivocal standard that we should have for our patients. Next, tube manometry. Tube manometry is a uh, technique uh, that I adopted uh, from one of my uh, mentors and really tube manometry is available in almost every central line. Dare I say all central line kits will have at least one option to perform tube manometry. Now what do I mean by this? Basically what you want to do is you want to grab the extension tubing that's in most triple lumen kits. If you don't have that then you have guide wire housing that will act as a manometer in and of itself. What you want to do is you want to be very disciplined in how you hold the needle in the vessel once you've accessed the vessel either in the groin or in the neck. The next thing that you want to do when you take your syringe off, before you wire that vessel, what you want to do then is you want to attach your extension tubing to the needle hub. You want to raise the extension tubing up in the air and you want to watch that column of blood rise. Now it should rise to, I don't know, 5 to 10 centimeters unless the patient has really bad tricuspid regurgitation. What you want to do is demonstrate that it's not rising in a pulsatile fashion and then shooting out the end of the tubing because at that point I think it's pretty obvious that you're in an artery you need to jump ship at that point and hold pressure for five minutes without checking now the next thing that I would highly recommend is using ultrasound to perform um, a quick scan of where the wire once you wire the vessel the wire is inside the patient you uh, want to scan from where the wire enters the skin all the way down to the clavicle. Now this is a little bit harder to do at the level of the groin uh, because of the inguinal ligament, but I, I can tell you that doing it in the neck is pretty satisfying if you do it both on the short axis and long axis views. You can sort of see that wire and, and, and basically the trajectory and where it is and, and which vessel it's in all the way down to where the uh, vessel meets the um, brachiocephalic vein so, and the subclavian. So I think it is a doable thing that gives you even more reassurance that you're in the right place now. 
The next thing that you can do is you can um, have a nurse prepare uh, agitated saline syringes either by using a stopcock, and we can put something in the show notes to kind of uh, explain what that means, but just a regular saline syringe, a 10cc uh, syringe full of saline, just ask the nurse if uh, he or she would be uh, kind enough to push that in the distal uh, port of the line that you just placed, and you put an echo probe on the patient's chest, either at the subxiphoid uh, level or the uh, apical four-chamber view. And what you're going to be concentrating on at that time are the right-sided structures of the heart, okay? When the saline gets pushed in rapidly, what you're looking for is the RA and the RV to turn white. The opacification of the agitated bubbles within that saline now demonstrated that you did, in fact, put that line just proximal to the RA where you were supposed to put it. And that is very satisfying, and I think it offers a lot of reassurance that you're in the right place. X-rays, yeah, x-rays are important because it will give you an idea of the complications that central lines can cause, i.e. pneumothoraces, but it really doesn't tell you anything about where that line is. So x-ray by itself doesn't give you that confirmation the way ultrasound and the other techniques that I've gone over with do. So I really believe that that's going to help you out. The next thing I want to just mention is if you put a central line in an artery, don't pull it out. Don't think that, oh, well, you know, I'm going to freak out right now because I did something I'm not supposed to do, and I, if I pull it out and the whole pressure, nobody will ever know. That is not the way to go about it because patients will bleed, patients will stroke, patients will dissect. It's very important to, once you think you may be in an artery, get further imaging, or if you know you're in the artery, call a vascular surgeon. Mortality and morbidity is very high when you pull these things out acutely. So do what's right for the patient. Always please call your vascular experts to come and uh, take care of that either in the operating room or some endovascular type procedure because that's the standard of care. I'm Ralph Seymour and this is Recess Now.